right, welcome to what we believe to be episode 7 of the 602 Row Show. Uh, this is covering uh, week 4 recap, week 5 preview for Michelle's season of The Bachelorette. Um, really, a week that showed a, a little bit of, of a different side. Uh, here are our week 4 picks. Um, Megan, in an effort to not duplicate my picks uh, in order not to tie... Mm-hmm. Um, really, it's Tied. the time tied. <laughs> so we had the big dates. We had the villain. Um, the pivot point, uh, really came down to where, where we were going to go. Um, and, uh, Megan slotted Casey in there, uh, where I went, uh, with the, with the chalk really, uh, with Joe, uh, and here you'll see the results, uh, two different lineups, same exact score. Uh, Megan, did you have any high-level oversights for uh, for your week four lineup or results? Um, no. I mean, other than just feeling frustrated that we somehow still tied with different lineups. <laughs> tied with different lineups and did not win. And did uh, not win. Did not win the home league. Uh, you know, we uh, sitting first and third. Overall, which of course is is where you want to be, but but winning winning every week is really something that we that we strive for. Uh, On Cloud Wine eighty nine uh, actually beat a whole host of us by about seventeen points. Um, so props there. Uh, you'll see at the bottom here our, our overall standings uh, in the Bachelor Nation League, uh, both climbing inside the top one hundred. Uh, Megan moved up a bit. I moved back a bit, um, but both uh, both squarely inside there. Just about eight thousand entries, and uh, both inside the top one hundred. Uh, several people from our league are inside the top one hundred. Uh, so really, really great picks all around to everybody, uh, and uh, we'll we'll keep pushing through here. The format change for week five. Uh, you now pick five guys instead of six. Uh, and as the field reduces, we'll see that number continue to go down and down. There's a little bit of an opportunity to build extra points there uh, if you hit on a good wild card because there's just fewer fewer players being picked. Uh, so we'll jump right into our big three things. Um, I, I want to start with my favorite because it was uh, Martin defending Jamie. Uh, yeah. Wild. Wild. So obviously we didn't see the whole date. Um, but yeah. I can't imagine an organic way that would have come up other than Martin just outright defending Jamie. Yeah. Um, and I know I was going to talk about this, like we'll talk about Merton, but I actually kind of really appreciated the way that he did it. <laughs> um, because like he didn't defend Jamie's actions, but he also said kind of like in not so many words, like I don't really want to talk about him and don't really want to throw him under the bus. Like he made his choices and I don't necessarily know why he made those choices that he did. And I still think that he's an overall good guy was kind of like the message that I got from it, which I can really appreciate. So I, I actually, I appreciate that. What was your favorite thing from the episode? Boys having a girl sleepover <laughs> for the group date. Um, watching these, again, like very muscular grown men um, pamper themselves at the spa and decorate their teddy bears was just, it was super cute. Yeah, they had a grand old time. They were, they were, they were doing it. They t- what was your uh, least favorite? Um, my least favorite, which 
I mean, like, there's obviously some level of, like, producer um, manipulation here, but Chris S.'s speech um, that he made um, during the cocktail party, I really hated because it just struck me as being very much like that, like, white knight protector um, and speaking for Michelle versus supporting her um, and trying to say that he knows what she wants and needs, even though, as far as we've seen, she hasn't communicated that to him, so... And we know that she loves being spoken for, so it's a uh... yes, yes, as all women do. My uh, my least favorite was the whole dead dad wish box Rick thing on their date. I'll save the detail for when we talk about Rick, but wow, I I mean, as you spoke to producer manipulation, I mean that was that was just a real inorganic way to have that conversation, but yes, uh. <laughs> My surprise, I almost put a screenshot in here. My notes, when drunk, are atrocious. They don't make sense cognitively. They don't read well at all. Um, we play our home game, and uh, we have been, we've been neglecting the shot portion of our home game because uh, one individual in particular has been working uh, and not able to watch with us. Uh, he was here this week, and uh, there were 20 shots in this episode. Uh, yeah, so my notes, uh, that was my surprise is that my notes went from, you know, barely legible, legible when I'm not drunk to just completely useless. I almost had to go back and watch again. So I actually touched base with a couple different people and, uh, bounced ideas and opinions and stuff around, uh, me and Ashley spent a bunch of time going through pretty much every single guy. Uh, and it made me remember a whole lot of things that happened. That's funny. Um, my surprise was Michelle. Um, so as you kind of alluded to, we saw a very different side of Michelle this week um, that was both surprising while also not being surprising. But just given um, the consistency with, with which they've kind of been showing her thus far in the season, it was a surprise to see more of those insecurities. Coming out. That's a perfect segue that we did not plan. Uh, oh, it's not because I put this extra slide in here. Uh, so, so these are uh, from from Batch Data. These are the high frequency words uh, for the whole season. Uh, I just wanted to show you that even though Bro has jumped to number one uh, after a strong showing in episode three, uh, things like character and vulnerable and family and and scene have. Uh, have jumped up to the top of this list. So again, Batch Data is a, a great outlet for pulling some of this together, but wanted to put this one in here uh, just so you can see the types of things that are going to rise to the top here, and the types of things you want to be looking for um, as, you, as you move forward. Yeah. Now, Michelle's slide, the perfect segue that wasn't. Um, other than the dress I have her pictured in here, which is uh, what she wore to the cocktail party, the, the rose ceremony, um, didn't look great from a dress standpoint. Um, I get that superficial and, uh, not absolutely what we're looking for here, but I've commented on how good she's looked. Uh, I thought this was the first episode where, again, outside of this dress, she didn't really look great. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that the, the outfits just fell kind of plain compared to what she's been wearing. Um, and yeah, the choice of having her for the grouped at cocktail party in more of like a like pant and bralette type of situation um was a choice that <laughs> the the um 
costume designers made, but um, not one that I necessarily agree with. So way more important than the clothing, though, and uh, you spoke to it. She, We saw a very different side of Michelle, um, where if it's the edit or not, uh, it, it's something we have to take into account from a fantasy standpoint. As, as she shifts, seeming seemingly shifts personalities, right? It, it's it's all still her. It's all still the same person. But the, the personality we're getting in the edit, at least from the last episode, is very different than the first three. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, in this episode, she expressed a lot more insecurity for herself. Um, and that, again, that, that feeling of being unseen. But I think even more than that, and that came out a lot within her conversation with Martin, is people questioning her decision-making, right? Like, Again, when Martin stood up for Jamie in, like I said, what I felt like was a really appropriate way, the way that she she heard and interpreted that was, you're questioning my decision, which he wasn't, if you actually like look at like what he said. But again, like we're seeing some of those insecurities and those themes grouping up. Uh, Ashley said in my conversation with her that this is the beginning of the time where they're going to show us her damage. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's going to, you know, our, our past experiences inform what we look for moving forward. Uh, and so that's really, I think, where this is going to start to go here. We're going to we're going to highlight that for a little bit, gonna change venues to Minnesota. We're going to let her be with her friends and family in her native environment. And I think we're going to get the conversations about the boyfriend who left her and the relationship she wanted to be in and couldn't. And then those types of those types of things. Uh, one other thing I had to say about Michelle is that her handwriting is immaculate. Uh, it, it, wonderful, absolutely wonderful. I guess she's a teacher, but she, like she's a teacher. She's I, a teacher. I didn't realize that was a thing. Um, I don't know. I I could be a teacher. I have horrible handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, our eliminations this week. Uh, not really a surprise, uh, other than Chris G versus Chris S. Uh, that was a little bit of a surprise there, but we had uh, Chris G. Uh, Romeo and Will all get sent home this episode. Uh, you know, re- really had seen their screen time kind of taper off. Uh, just was coming sooner or later, and, and it hit in this episode. Did you have anything in particular on these guys? Uh, I had that Chris G um, pulled out his Canadian accent when he said a boot. Um, I had that we were, we were his faces were just really great. Um, as Chris S was talking, <laughs> um, and then I, I had nothing on Romeo and Will. So. I only had one thing on any of these guys and it was my favorite line from the episode. And it was in a, in a, in a interview with Romeo and he goes, Chris S and the S stands for snake. <laughs> all right, Romeo. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but that's all I had on them. Uh, jump straight to Brandon here. Uh, kind of thin episode for him, but uh, did you have anything in particular? Um, I mean, because we've been tracking it on here, he got the first rose out in the rose ceremony. Um, and I don't know, like, for him, and again, like, I think that it has to partly be the editing, but so far we've seen very limited to no substance for him. Um, like, it's very much just been like that, like, cutesy they enjoy making out <laughs> um and we haven't really heard much about who he is as a person and so I think again when paired with who Michelle is and kind of what we've been predicting like this season will be about it is interesting because so far he has checked none of those boxes <laughs> uh well I'll, I'll jump right onto the no substance thing they threw all you girls a bone by putting this boy in those gray sweatpants 
That's all I've got. That's all I've got for Brandon from this whole episode is, you know, he, he had the best sleepover outfit. I also want to know who chose the sleepover outfit. Probably Caitlin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Casey. Do you have anything on Casey? Um, just again, like we're continuing to see him kind of be like this narrator presence. Um, and again, like insert himself into the drama um, in just interesting ways. I don't know if we've seen a character do before. I think Casey is going to have an extended run on Bachelor in Paradise. If they do another one. he, he He's like that mysterious old man kind of thing that these young girls go crazy for. Kind of like the grocery store Joe garbage. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like he, he's got a long run if they do another season. Uh, Chris S. Um, the fact that they put him in tidy whities just like cracked me up. He was so upset about it. Um, yeah, I just I wrote down a bunch of his quotes that really irked me. <laughs> um, but in general, I mean, like again, so thinking about what we still have left to see in the season, presumably at some point we're going to get a two on one. Cause we do every season though at this point, like I don't know, like I truly don't know who it's going to be. And I'm interested to see who that two, two on one is on because typically it's like two people who are fighting. Right. Um, and so at this point in my mind, Chris S is, has potential for me on that two on one. If we get it because of the drama that he kind of stirred up this week with Nate. I am actually of the opinion now that we do not get a two on one. Um, if you've watched the trailer, I think this week is the impromptu two-on-one. And I think the resolution of that conflict uh, will mean that there won't be another one. Um, unless we get another villain. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be Chris S. seeing what we've seen now. Uh, but I, I yeah. was with you until until this last uh, this last preview dropped. There's, there's almost always a two-on-one because there's always artificial drama. I think I think this week we see a, a two-on-one and it it negates the necessity for another one. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I have to make sure I say is that uh, we were watching, and Chris is just going through one of his one of his speeches that diatribe about nothing. And uh, Red looks over at me. He goes, "This guy's a douche canoe." <laughs> and I wrote it down in my notes, and I had to ask her what she said days later because it was not legible in the notes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Clayton. Um, I wrote down, um, so I was watching at my friend's house, um, and my friend was like in the kitchen, like doing stuff and Clayton comes on the TV and says, ah, you know, like Michelle, I'm seeing you. And I just like yelled back at the TV, Clayton, I'm not seeing you. Um, because like truly like, and I know the entire internet is a buzz with this, but like, we haven't seen anything from him still. Um, and for a guy who's supposed to be our next bachelor, it's just interesting. So football group date, football player, Clayton mm -hmm. will continue to be in my lineups until he's eliminated. I, I will, I will eat the points on the week we lose Clayton because I, I have to believe from a fantasy standpoint that we're going to get something from him. Um, I do got to jump back really quick. Cause my one note I actually had for Clayton here is the same one I had for Michelle uh, right. white wine after dark on both of them. Um, really just dis disappointing yeah. to see. 
That's all. Yeah. That's all I've got on Clayton. Uh, Joe. He's a sweetie. Like, I think it's interesting the way that, again, like the editors portrayed him coming into the season. It felt like he was going to get maybe more of the villain edit. Um, but instead, what he's kind of getting more of is like that, like, yeah, like that sweet, soft natured type of caretaker. And as we kind of talked about pre pre show, um, I think we're going to see a big slice of that coming up here. So this episode should be an interesting one uh, for a couple reasons, but uh, ABC threw a disclaimer on this next episode for uh, uh, self-harm and suicidal thoughts, a tr- trigger warning for uh, anybody watching. So I think we'll, we'll have a pretty heavy dose of that narrative. Uh, again, we don't know exactly who, but uh, it leads you to believe it might be Joe. Yeah. Which, A+, plus, ABC, thanks for listening. I think it's the the reach that we have. Uh, we we are being viewed in in thousands of homes, and uh, you know, really starting to develop some clout here. Right, like all across the U.S. internationally, like we're we're reaching those exacts. We have at least one view from Canada, and I hope it wasn't my buddy Dame wasting two hours on our show. <laughs> uh, Leroy, uh, whose only note I have is white wine after dark. Hate to see it. Yeah. All right, we'll jump right to Martin, uh, who I know we both have a little bit more for. Uh, why don't you go ahead and go ahead and start with your thoughts on Martin? I just um, I wrote down that he's so smooth. <laughs> um, he was one of the guys who did like a spin move with her to like get like that first kiss with her, um, and even coming into the state today, um, like immediately kind of grabs her face and kisses her. Um, and so we're seeing that, like, him making those attempts at that physical interaction. Um, and like I said, I actually really like the way that he set up for Jamie. I thought that, that was super respectful. Um, one thing I'll call out is, is we really need to be cognizant of the edit we're being shown. Uh, when they got out of the cars, they had the most awkward time to kiss. Because, like, oh, we've just been doing something essentially apart. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. big romantic kiss. But then you see in the post-show credits that they were like riding in the back of the same car and they were doing more things together that didn't make the edit of the show. Um, so just just be cognizant of what you're being shown because from a fantasy standpoint, it matters. We don't know how many times they kissed. All we know is how many times they were shown being kissed. And that's all that matters for fantasy. But those mm-hmm. other things are the types of things that inform the guys that move on. It's, it's the relationship building that we're not given. Um, you know, we don't know why she picked Chris S at the last, at the end of the last show. Maybe the producers told her to, or maybe there's 20 hours of footage of her and Chris S getting along. Great. We don't know. So anytime you can glean a little bit more of that information, it's going to be, it's going to be good. I've always said, I want a season pass. I want 24 seven footage. I could access. I want like, I'll pay extra for like Martin cam. Like, I just want to see like, what's Martin doing with the six days a week. He's not on this one date. We see eight minutes of, so, uh, Nate. Well, so so going back to Martin really fast, just because, like, he's where it kind of came up for me, is I do wonder, um, I mean, like, again, like, we kind of talked about this being, I mean, it's a contest, right? It's a competition, right? Like, you're trying to win The Bachelor or Bachelorette's heart um, and make them fall in love with you. And, like, the idea is that you win. Like, yeah, like, you're winning love, but, like, you're also, like, you're winning. Um, And I think that there is some strategy, because I think, and I think as Martin was talking was the first time it really clicked for me of this strategy of portraying vulnerability as a struggle or something that you struggle with. 
And that if you are someone who is openly just like you're, you've got vulnerability down and like you come in and you're instantly vulnerable. I think that there is a different feeling that goes along with that versus saying, I'm really bad at being vulnerable and then being vulnerable. Um, and that's kind of what we're seeing more of, I think with the guys this season is people saying, I'm not good at being vulnerable, but then seemingly very easily being vulnerable. And that that has an impact. I think the line was, uh, uh, we're both on the same journey. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. relationship building one other thing I gotta call out I just remembered uh, they had to do some sleuthing after it was brought up but uh, Ashley had said that this is the same shitty metal hot tub that they use over and over and over and, and it is it, it absolutely is uh, so I think they've yeah. got it in the, in the they put it away one year in the front of the prop the prop garage and it's the first thing out and they're like oh yeah we could we could do a hot tub date on a on a speedway, why not? Yep, I return to the hate the hot tub. <laughs> all right, Nate, um, I'm gonna let you kind of go on Nate because all I have is he's the internet favorite. I don't really get it. I need to see more. I, I was in the way he was treating her. I was in on it, and then I I'm not sure he's genuine. I, I kind of get a full of shit vibe off of Nate. Um, so I'll, I'll just, I'll abstain from any more because I, I don't have anything positive to say about him. Yeah. Although from a fantasy standpoint, you have to have him. He was embroiled in drama and still scored, I think, 41 mm-hmm. points last week. So you got to have him. Yeah. I don't know. Like he, so again, like up until this point, right, in the season, Michelle has come across as like a very strong, confident, like very poised um woman and then we saw a different edit on her this week where she's showing a little bit more of those insecurities and Nate is kind of the same way right like up until this point we've seen a very confident underseated um man who is just able to go in and do what he needs to do and get out and not become attached with the drama and for whatever reason this week both of them shifted Right, um, where Nate kind of took a bit more of a backseat, and I think the edit that he got was him being a lot more cocky, um, which doesn't isn't attractive <laughs> at all. Um, is him kind of appearing more immature and cocky? But um, yeah, I mean, I'll be interested to see what happens next week and how he rebounds from this week, especially given some of the conversations that he's had with Michelle. Yeah, there's a real thin line between cockiness and confidence. Uh, but Nate, Nate with the one-on-one date coming up here, uh, and in some of the preview footage, which he he meets her best friends. Um, so I, again, knowing what we know, he'll come out of it fine. But it'll be interesting to see the character they developed last week developing through this this high-pressure situation he's going to be presented with. So uh, it should be should be good for some points if he can drop some catchphrases in there. Uh, Olu, who ABC edited his group date rows out of footage that they showed us in the preview, which is both dastardly and unacceptable. Um, we missed on Olu. Uh, essentially, yeah. all the footage he had left was in this episode. Um, a lot of what we had seen of the closeness with him and Michelle was all in this episode. So I... I yeah. They hit it from us. They did. And again, like, 
Um, going back to you, you know, your very serious comment about us having a wide reach. Um, I do wonder how much <laughs> this is ABC trying to, you know, really make it tough for us fantasy players. <laughs> Um, because, yeah, I mean, like, up until, not only did they hide the rows, but there were also, I mean, like, there were no previews involved with the loop. Like, it was all centered on other people. And so there was no way of knowing unless you just kind of took a gamble on them. And some people did. Uh, well, again, the person who won who won our home league this week had Olu. Uh, a lot of yeah. the top of the leaderboard uh, did not have Olu. Uh, and that's why mm-hmm. you kind of see the, the shift around in rankings that we had uh not a lot of people had him but uh, if you did yeah. he scored a ton of points from a really really cheap position uh, yeah so it would have been would have been great and, yeah and i almost threw him in um but didn't have good reason to <laughs> and so i didn't um especially because my last minute changes have really been uh shooting me in the foot but maybe next time um, yeah yeah um, I also have written down um, just that, and Michelle commented on this, but again, I think it's from a different level. I think it's so important to have those moments where we're seeing um, like strong, particularly like black men crying and breaking down and talking about these really vulnerable things. Um, and so I appreciate that moment that they had. Uh, Rick, who had one of the one-on-ones, uh, again, I alluded to the, the dead dad wish box thing. So blatantly a producer plant. So yes. uncomfortable as a conduit to a, a really meaningful conversation that they had. Yeah. Um, if you have anything on that, I think I'll, I'll pause there. If you have anything on, on the beginning of that dad story. <laughs> I don't think so. I just, yeah, I, I just, I really just like that meddling. Uh, he's a horrible eyes open kisser, which. He's also just like someone who doesn't emote. <laughs> like when he got, when he got the card that said that he was going on the one-on-one, he says, I'm very excited. So it's like a completely flat face. <laughs> I was like, are you? Because I don't see it. Well, I mean, I think we're starting to see some of why he might be like that. Uh, he, the story about his dad was wild. Mm-hmm. Um, for anyone that didn't catch it or didn't watch, I'll way oversimplify things. But essentially, he caught his dad cheating on his mom, told his mom they got divorced, and his dad killed himself. Mm-hmm. And Rick is holding a lot of that guilt and responsibility. And it was a lot. It was a lot to the point where Michelle looked disinterested at times. Mm-hmm. She was trying to do her active listening thing, and it wasn't working. Um, so good job, producers, getting you know a very important conversation out in the open. And I don't know if Rick was ready to have it. Yeah. So that, yeah. That's all I had yeah, on him. No. I mean, he's 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 going to be here for a little bit longer. He he will be. He will be. Um, yeah, I mean, just going back to your point, I think it is hard, like, when you're having those emotional moments, especially, like, going back to Olu, right? With, when the person who's talking about that that vulnerable piece or vulnerable story isn't reacting to it themselves. Like, it's just really hard for that back and forth and for that connection. 
yeah. So we'll see more there. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a lot. It was a lot of day, especially after like such a lighthearted beginning of the episode. <laughs> uh, Rodney, the only note I had on Rodney this week is that they have a secret handshake, and that means a lot. That that means a lot. So not a whole lot of screen time this week. Uh, not a whole lot of development for him, but I, I did see that after she felt unseen on her group date. Uh, you know, Rodney went over with the secret handshake, and uh, that's that's that relationship building. You know, we haven't seen them practice it, we haven't seen them do it, but they did it, and they did it well, which means they've been they've done it more than once. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. is all the guys for this week. Yeah. Do you have anything else before we get into the the fantasy recap here? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, season long, uh, up on your screen here, uh, Myra and myself uh, in our proper place. We're looking at the lineups. I don't think we will relinquish first place unless we were dead wrong about something Final Four. Um. I put up 5.30 this week. Megan put up 4.25. We'll see the breakdown here in a minute. Uh, but there's the top 10. Uh, you'll see people that have already lost a ton of people already starting to move back. I think three of the teams in the top 10 have already lost two guys. Uh, and two teams in the top 10 have lost one. Um, and then it's all just if we're right about where it plays out. Um, but we'll see where that where that ends up. Here's the season-long picks for Megan and myself for week three. Uh, 1607 overall for me, 1467 for Megan. Uh, and, and you'll see it, the lineups are, are what they are. Uh, but taking the goose egg for Peter uh, is, is going to hurt, uh, especially when Rick puts up 105. So that's a 105-point spread there. But, uh, you know, we, we've, talk, we've talked that to death, so I'll try not to beat Megan up too much about it. But uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on this. Um, but that, that overall leaderboard, you'll start seeing the movement. Uh, in there as people get eliminated. So that'll be the really big one to keep an eye on. Um, Week five pricing. uh, Again, we've shifted to five guys. Now you pick five instead of six. Um, So you got Nate and Rick at 26 points, Rodney at 21, Joe, Olu, Casey at 19, Martin at 18, Brandon and Chris S at 17, Clayton at 16 and Leroy at 12. Um, so Rose price scales up a little bit. Again, down to five five guys per. Uh, so it, it starts becoming just a little bit more nuanced in how and why you're picking. Very important, again, to have your one-on-one dates. Very important, again, to pick guys that move on. However, there are some situations where it might be more valuable to do something a little different. Um, so jump into our picks here. Uh, Megan, I'm going to let you talk about Chris, uh, since that was what I was just alluding to. <laughs> yeah, so I threw Chris S. as my lineup. Um, and I think for me, I mean, you guys know this at this point, I love the drama. I live for it. Um, and I, from the preview that we got, it does look like Nate's date gets interrupted, and presumably that's by Chris S. Um, and I know you kind of alluded to earlier like that that is essentially our two-on-one for this date. Um, and so just with that added screen time, even if he does go home this week, I, as of right now, want to have Yeah, I, I struggled with it 
Um, I went all chalk. You can see my picks on the screen here. Uh, Megan and I both have Brandon, Clayton, Nate, and Joe. Uh, Joe and Nate getting the one-on-one dates, we believe. Brandon being being chalky, but uh, usually a pretty safe pick. And we see a lot of footage of him in the trailer. Uh, I believe it's also his birthday. So he's, he's going to get an additional screen time here. Clayton, I continue to slot because I just I I don't want to miss the Clayton mm-hmm. points. Uh, you can probably criticize both of us for having him in the roster when he's shown absolutely nothing. Um, and then I went chalk. Uh, we have Rodney in our top four, so I know he moves on. I know he's going to get more screen time, so I put Rodney in. Um, I struggled with the Chris S thing for a while because he is going to get a ton of screen time. I was looking at the scoring system. Um, and there's going to be points there. There's going to be a ton of points. He's going to lose points for interrupting a date, we think. And I think he goes home. So that's minus nine. Uh, and that's ultimately why I couldn't get him into my lineup mm-hmm. over someone like Rodney, who I know is good for 15 to 20. Uh, but the upside with Chris is is absolutely there. Um, I can pretty confidently say I'm not going to change my lineup unless something crazy drops. Uh, but the footage I'd expect to see is like a late preview would be stuff surrounding Brandon. Um, so I, I think this is probably it for me, and this is a, a potential spot where you're going to pick up points. I mean, fingers crossed. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, my gambling has to pay off one of these <laughs> Say, it would have been nice to have Olu, but uh, but if you can catch lightning in a bottle with Chris here, you'll you'll make up some 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 points, some position. That's all we have for this week. Uh, so again, this is uh, going into week five, uh, five man teams now for the Rose League, uh, and season long starting to starting to kind of shake out here as we are now down almost the single digit guys uh, and and should be getting close to the top eight uh, after this week. So. Uh, happy picking. Uh, enjoy week five, a, a drama-filled week five of uh, Bachelorette, and we will catch you guys next week. And like and subscribe. Like and subscribe.